You're listening to audio from the Village Church, a community that's formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission, gathering weekly in the heart of downtown Hamilton, Ohio. For more information about the village or to connect with us, you can find us online at myvillagechurch.com. Good morning. Would you pray with me? Father, thanks for the privilege of singing to you and about you, for being together with your body. And Holy Spirit, would you shine bright your word? Um, Would you show us uh, who you are? Would you show us who we are? And would you let us cling to the grace that we need to bridge the gap? Father, we thank you for your good grace to us. We thank you that you invite us into your work. And would you show us that, that when, we're, when we remember, when we're mindful that we are working with you by your grace through faith in Christ alone, then that opens us to receive all that you give us in the ministry that you invite us into. Thank you so much. May we, may we live to glorify you in all that we do. Amen. Uh, the, the idea of, of daughters and sons going to work with parents is a thing. Um, in, in 1993, it became like a formal thing, and it was like uh, 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 some organizations got behind this, and the intent was um, to show kids what mom and dad did when they left the house, and, and it was uh, largely targeted towards girls at the time to show them what their uh, mothers did when they left the house, and, but uh, it's a, a different time today, and, and taking your child to work may not be the thing that it once was, and in fact, I remember as a kid this being like a day, and now as an adult, I don't remember this being a day, but, but uh, if you look on the internet, it is a day that you're like supposed to do this, but also if you look on the internet, there is a day for literally everything, um, so that's the thing too. So, uh, so it may not be what it once was, but the allure is, is kind of understandable. I, I think uh, there's empowerment for a kid to see and to feel and to kind of experience what their parents live and, and what their parents talk about. And I remember as a kid, like, I don't know, five-ish years old, um, both of my parents, they worked at, at GE, and so they, they built jet engines. And, and I remember, like, they got to, the, it was like a family day, and we got to go in and, and see what, what, you know, our parents did. And I remember it was sweet because there's just a lot of cool stuff. And, and I remember grabbing tools at my dad's, like, workstation and feeling like, I was, like, ready to build jet engines, you know, and thankfully, if you've ever flown, I, I did not build any jet engines that day, but that's okay, um, <clears throat> and so when it comes to God's work, God's work, uh, God, He did all the work, and He created all that was and, and all that, that is, and, and sin broke that work, and then, then He set out to rescue us from the sin that broke that work, and then when he rescues us, he invites us into the work of restoring everything and, and building the new creation. Um, and it's easy to forget that. In, in, in terms of application today, there's stuff we'll look at, but I, my call to you is like that we would remember that, that God invites us into his work. And so when, when, we, uh, when we forget that, when we forget that he invites us into his work, that, that we get to be invited to work with him. And I just want you to think about that for a second, how, how just bonkers that is that the, crea- the creator and the sustainer, the redeemer of the universe, of all that is, right? He's right now, uh, by his presence, 
uniting the DNA in your body and also flinging stars into the outermost. And he invites us to join him in his work. When we forget that, we, we forget, we, we miss this in two major ways, all right? We forget that he is at work at all. And if that's the case, then you know what we do? We just bear all of the weight on ourselves. And we say, I've, there's, there's lots to do uh, to restore humanity, all right? And, and we put it on all, all on our shoulders, and maybe in, in, with good motives, we bear all the weight that, that we can't bear. And the other side of that is, is that we forget that, that we get to work. And we just cross our arms and we say, God's got this. And he can do whatever he wants. And uh, he's going to do whatever he wants. So, like, I don't really need to get involved. And both of those things are huge misses. Because what we see is that God does hold all things. And God does uh, press forward. He, can, he does do all things. But, but out of the overflow of his kindness to us, he invites us into the work. So today we're looking at, at Paul, uh, and we've been we're, we're uh, five chapters in, starting the sixth chapter. Paul is writing a letter to the Corinthians. Paul established he helped establish this church, and he's he's far away from them. He's been away from them for a couple years now, and he's writing a letter to them. Um, and he continues to press into the hearts and the lives of his friends, the Corinthians. And he continues to invite them into the, the gospel life in Christ, uh, into the life of ministry alongside God, alongside Paul, alongside the other apostles and the other disciples who are, who are joining together with the work of God to do the ministry of God. And he continues to defend the work of the gospel, that is the good news of Jesus in their ministry. And he lays himself today, in this portion of the letter, he lays himself vulnerable to them. This comes just after last week, and uh, we, we looked at this idea of reconciliation. And so, for context, if you have some time today, read chapter 5 or, or the few verses before this, and we see this idea of, of reconciliation, that, that God gives us the ministry of reconciliation. And what that means is, He initiates, we were separated from God, and, and God initiates and He unites us back together with God. And he does that through the life that Jesus lived in righteousness, through the death that he died to give us forgiveness, and through his resurrection that, that empowers us to live. So we are reconciled back to God, all who trust in him, and then we are, we are invited into this work. At, and, and what Paul says is, is we are reconciled so that we might be ambassadors of reconciliation going out and, and joining God's work. So, so what he's saying is, is we're on the same team, and he, he pleads with him over and over and over, we're, we're on the same team. God unites us with him, and he, he unites us with one another. So, so we get to work with God to achieve his purposes, and when we do, we find our deepest joy, and we find our richest purpose. Working together with God opens us to receive his ministry in full. This is, this is the main idea. Working together with God opens us to receive his ministry in full. And what we're seeing from Paul is that he's receiving this call from God to get to work, right? To join the ministry that God has um, in, in, in full. And when he does that, it allows us 
to receive the particular elements uh, in a freer way along the way. And the first thing that we see is that we get to receive grace. And not only that, but we get to receive grace and we get to live it. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off 2 Corinthians 6. I'm just reading verse 1 and 2 for a minute. And, and this, is, this is my hope every single week, that, that we observe the Bible, that we, that we declare what's there, and that we can then and only then connect that to our lives. And so I, if, if someone preaches on a Sunday and, and you leave and you say, uh, my goodness, like I could never, that was, that was like miraculous how amazing those words were. And I would never see that in the Bible. If we do that week after week after week, go to another church, okay? Right? We want you to be able to see the Bible for yourself. And so all we're doing is we're just observing some things, declaring those things, and then connecting those things in that order to our lives. So the first thing is that we get to receive grace, all right? Working together with Him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain, for he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Before I go on, I, I just want to tell you this. If you've never come to a place where you've received God's free grace, today can be that day. If you are separated from God by your sin, you've never understood Him to be God and yourself to be His, His creation that gets to live in light of His rule and reign, that, that you've never considered yourself a, a sinner separated from God, but today you see that. And you see that the only hope to receive this grace is to trust Jesus. You can do that today. And I think Paul is, is telling them just that. So, so we see this, he says, receive the grace of God. But not only that, don't receive it in a, in a way that, that uh, squanders its work. He says, receive the grace of God, but not in vain. Not in a way that squanders its work. Not in a way that minimizes its power. Not in a way that forgets. But receive grace in such a way that shines bright its giver and the giver's work that is that, is that this grace is a gift from God. And so what he's indicating is that these people have seen it. They've seen God's grace. They've seen God's goodness to them. They've seen his reconciling work to unite them. And maybe they've said, yeah, 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 we're in. And then what Paul says is, is but you're not living like you're in. So stop squandering the grace. And then he, then he says, in a favorable time, I listen. In a day of salvation, I have helped you. Now is the time. So whenever you're reading your Bible and you see like a paragraph that's that's indented on both sides, that's a, that's a quote. And usually, if you have a, a study Bible or a Bible with references, you'll see the reference. That means it's a quote from the Old Testament. So this is a quote from the Old Testament. It's in Isaiah chapter 49. And, and what the context of that is, is concerning the, the future restoration of Israel. And what Paul's doing is he's making the connection to the Corinthians between the promise that God had that he would restore, that he would save his people. He's making that connection of that promise and its fulfillment. And this is what he says. Today is the day. 
Today is the day of restoration. And this is what he says. It begins and it ends with grace given and with grace received. He is, he is making God's word rich to them by showing them that, man, you, you see, God made these promises uh, seven or eight hundred years before this. And today you're living in the restoration of God's people. Would you see this? Would you see that it's through God's grace that we are restored? So he pleads with them. I appeal to you, he says. So, so Paul has been pressing hard against the life the Corinthians are living. Their opposition to Paul, their opposition to his friendship, their opposition to his authority as an apostle that, that carries with him the weight of God's word. People don't do that anymore, all right? But, but they did. This is Paul as an apostle. Uh, and so they're questioning all these things. Him, they're questioning his authority, his legitimacy, and he keeps on pressing against them with this kind of heavy language. So his accusation to them is that they are missing the fulfillment of God's promise to restore his people. And so what he's saying is, we're the people. Guys, you are the people. And now is the time that God has chosen to restore us. And he's saying that they've received the gift of reconciliation. They've been restored back to God, but they're not living as if they're restored. And so, if, if we consider the gift of grace then Paul is, he's just perplexed. He's confused. He's like, I, I don't understand. You've received the greatest gift that's, that's ever been given, and it's sitting on your shelf. Now, um, I, want you to t- I want you to know something about me. Uh, I am rarely surprised, and I think in, in this line of work, you get to hear a lot of crazy stuff, and, and you can't, be like, oh my gosh, you know, you just like, oh, okay, like, as if that's normal, you know, like, that's okay, whatever it is, but then even in life, like, I I don't like, I don't like surprises, I think that's fair, I can say, Um, and and even more, uh, rarely do I let anyone know that I'm surprised, and so my temperament is is like this, and then like, uh, I I try not to get like overly excited at, at peaks, and, and overly discouraged at valleys and so right I just (laughs) wipe that smirk off your face Scott and so I'm just riding in the middle somewhere right um so I'm always taking inventory and right and and if it looks like I'm not paying attention I'm probably paying attention uh maybe not but I'm I'm trying to take inventory so that I can put pieces together so that whenever the thing happens I'm not surprised right um but a long time ago at a land far, far away, I was a, a youth pastor, and I went to a Christmas party. And um, these, man, many of you have, have been in the room for these epic Christmas parties from way back in the day. And you pass around gifts, and then, you know, there's scamming, and there's scheming, and there's stealing. And it's a bit chaotic, and you grab numbers, and you pass to the left, and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and, and, it, and it became my turn to open the gift. And I open the gift, and gosh, it's, it's so tough to watch videos of yourself, especially if they're like over, over 10 years old, but I have one. I'm not going to show you. But uh, you're just like, gosh, I am uh, the worst. But um, So I'm opening this gift, and there's like a cereal box and duct tape and other stuff, and I, I get to the middle of it. And some of you won't know what this is, but I'll have to explain it in a second. 
It was, it was a Microsoft Zune, all right? <clears throat> it was like a 32 gig, you know? You could hold all, those, all the music you could ever want on it. And, um, and so the thing was, I wanted this thing really badly. It's like a piece of technology. Uh, for some of you, it might be like getting an old record set um, or something like that. Um, it was a subscription to all the music that you would want, right? Something like that. Um, and so it was, it was a device that looked about like this, right? A little thicker, a little heavier. And, and so I, I remember when I opened it up, it was like hundreds of dollars. And we're like $5 minimum, right? And I'm just like, like <laughs> remember, I hate being surprised. And I, I remember just in the moment, like, and even, again, watching myself in video, I'm like trying to put it together, because here's the thing, I, I told you about how chaotic that, like, there's people taking stuff and moving stuff, and I'm like, first and foremost, uh, I'm really excited, this is great. But secondly, and probably firstly, I'm like, how did this happen? Like, I, I'm like rewinding, like, wait, like, how did they get me to grab this gift? And I still don't know, Tanya, I, I don't know, like, Tanya was there, and, and so... Um, all that to say, I, 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 I hate being surprised, and in that moment, when I opened that Microsoft Zune, I was shocked. I, uh, I, was, I was encouraged by love, but I was, I was frustrated because I hate being duped. But, <laughs> but if, I had, if I had never opened that thing, and I just put it on the desk in my office, or if I had carried it around with me, and I never uploaded music to it, that's how shocked Paul is, all right? He, he's saying, I'm, I'm so confused that you have this gift that you, that you longed for. It's literally sitting on the shelf. So he's saying you've received this grace which enables and empowers them to join God's work and to be united with God's people. And they're simply keeping it on the shelf or they're carrying it around, but they're not living by it or they're not living in light of it. But when we are mindful that we are working with God, it changes the way that we receive His gift of grace. We not only get to receive it, but we get to put it on display and we get to find our rest in it. And we get to let it shape our relationships and we put it to work to do the ministry of God, which He invites us to join Him in. And I, I'll tell you, if you don't know the difference between being motivated by God's grace to join His ministry and being motivated by um, trying to earn His love so you get to work, it's entirely different. And so if you're, if you're trying to live this thing out because you think that you can earn God, I'm sorry that you're doing that. But you don't have to do that. Grace is the gift that, that gives us God's Love in spite of us if we trust Jesus. And then we get to live out this thing because we're loved. Not to earn God's love. And look, I know that meets you all in different places, but that changes literally everything in your life as it relates to doing any ministry as a servant of God. Grace is God's work in spite of us, to us, for us, through us, 
and, and, it, and it changes us. It, it doesn't demand, but it invites us to receive life, and then we get to live that life reflecting God's grace. So for Paul, he sets the work of grace in context of the way that they are considering him. He's saying, look, you're not considering me in light of the grace that's been given. Uh, and, and, and then he says this, this is in, in verse 3 and 4 as we read on. He says, we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants, we commend ourselves in every way. What he's saying is, it's not me, it's you. That, that is exactly what he's saying. It, it is not, like, you think that you're not able to walk in loving obedience because of me? No, 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 no. It's nothing that me and my team have done. It's nothing that God's done. This is on you. Your inability to live in light of grace, it's no one's fault. It's, it's your fault. And so he's contrasting uh, the way that he already has repeatedly. He's, he's saying, I condemned those that self-commended themselves. Right? He's saying, those that, that said they were a big deal, I condemn those. And I confess that we are not commending ourselves. And so finally here... When we get to this point, he says, so sure, if we're commending ourselves, if that's what we're doing, then it's our track record that is our commendation. So he says, as servants, we received grace and lived it. And secondly, we received circumstances and we endure. Remember, Paul is reminding, he's reminding them that they're co-laborers. And so, and I just want you to see this, if you, if you read this whole section it's real easy to miss the first line that he says, working together with them. That's what's setting all of this stuff up. All right? And so he's saying, we are working with God. We are, we are ministering as fellow servants with him, with one another. And so he shows them what's commendable about the ministry uh, that they are living in as co-laborers with God. And he, and he, he gives a, a long list, and it's kind of broken up into three chunks, right? Three distinct kind of lists of circumstance that serving God's ministry and kingdom work affords Paul. And, and this is what he says. So we're, we're reading on in verse uh, 5. Just kidding, in verse 4. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, all of those things. Which again, I know I've said this many times. If somebody's telling you that this is their life, how easy is it going to be for us to say, gosh, are you sure you're living faithfully obedient life to God? Because Dude, everywhere you go, it looks like a tornado came through the town. I've done that. I've thought that. And what I want us to know today is you would be telling Paul, dude, like I'm not sure you're walking in obedience. We join Job's friends and saying, just curse God and die. Good night. Your life is horrible, bro. And Paul says, right, but, it, but I'm not the problem. You are. So, he, so he's, in, he's, he's giving a list. He gives several lists like this. 
because people uh, aren't trusting his ministry. So, so he gives all these things, and then he shifts gears in verse 6. He says, by purity, knowledge, hey, those are good things, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, those are all good things. That's, that's the power. And then he says, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors, and yet we are true. We are treated as unknown and yet well-known, as dying, and behold, we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. So if, if we kind of break these down, he says, uh, these circumstances are, are around our lives that we are receiving and we commend ourselves as servants of God joining the ministry of kingdom work and this is the life that we live. We face opposition, right? Through, by, by great endurance, affliction, calamity, hardships, beatings, prison, riots, sleepless nights, labor, and hunger. These, what he's saying, these are, are battle wounds that are part of the call. Living in contrast to the world brings them. He's like, we're not here for the world. We're not here to look good. Remember the other people that are coming against Paul, those, those major influencers, they look good. They probably dress better. They're probably smoother in their speech. They probably have a, a promotional team spinning anything that might go wrong. And Paul says, that, that's not us. Like, our, our God has suffered on our behalf. And gosh, we're going to suffer as well. And so, for us in this room, if you've walked in obedience, you've probably suffered. And maybe it looks different than Paul's life, right? Uh, and, and if you haven't, you will. Like, that's what Jesus... That, there are many promises that, that Jesus gives us, and one is, they're going to hate you. And so, it's, it's really easy. It's a myth that says that we can live in two worlds without consequences. And so the call is always to establish yourself in this context, in light of grace, be committed to the kingdom of God as servants doing the ministry of God. But guess what? The... This is not our home. If you're living to please these people as, as servants in this kingdom, you're going to have some internal conflict. So, so receive this truth, and you can endure knowing that you're on mission, living in light of God's love and grace. And then the second thing is he shows them the power that has enabled him. Purity and knowledge and patience. He's, he's saying, like, we've lit a, lived a godly life in kindness by the Holy Spirit, in love and truth, by the power of God. So what he doesn't say is, man, our world around us is falling apart. Our enemies hate us, and it seems like our friends hate us too. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to play your game, right? He, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, so I'm drawn to vengeance. And so I'm drawn to anger. And I'm drawn to self-pity. He doesn't say that. He says, but by the power and the presence of God, through truth, we get to live in godliness and faithfulness. 
And then, then he shows us the battle. And he says, weapons of righteousness for the right and for the left. And, and people like uh, kind of, this can mean a couple things, but the most obvious is, is one is offensive and one is defensive. So you have a sword, uh, you have a sword and you have a shield, right? And so he's saying the, the reality is, uh, the battle is that, that we're honored and in the same breath we're dishonored. And that we're slandered and in the same breath we're praised. And that we're treated as imposters and then we're treated as, as true. And then we're treated as if we're unknown and then we're treated as if we're well known. And then we're treated as if we're dying. But hey, guess what? We're still alive. And, and then he goes on and he says we're treated, uh, we're punished but yet we're not killed. We are treated as if we are sorrowful and yet we rejoice. We are treated as if we are poor and yet we're rich. We are treated as if we are nothing and yet everything. And you see this if you look in, uh, around Acts 20, 21-ish. You see Paul living in Ephesus where he's writing this letter from. And you see that he's literally causing riots. And you see that, that people are trying to kill him. And he goes into the next town, and you know what they're doing? They're worshiping him, claiming that he is God. So if there's anything commendable, it's that we're able to do this work because we've received grace, so we are brought in as servants to do the ministry of God working alongside him, no matter what comes our way. And so he talks about the opposition, he talks about the power, and he talks about the battle. And what he's saying in this kind of contrast is that both of these things are dangerous. It is dangerous to be praised, and it is dangerous to be vilified. And so you look at all of these things and you say, wow, yeah, I would rather be rich than poor. And what Paul's saying is, that, that's great, and, and there's danger in both. I would rather be honored than dishonored, and, and that's great. I would rather be known than unknown. That's great. And he, he's just painting, uh, painting out uh, why, by the power and the presence of God, he can stand before them as, as a man of integrity. So he says, in spite uh, the good and the bad, we have lived faithful and godly lives through God, and, and, and he proves powerful in all situations. See, when we forget that we're working with God, we are working together with God, that we have received grace, then it's easy for us to forsake the work of the ministry when things get really hard, when things get really easy in the highs and the lows of life and, and this work that, that God has invited us into. And the encouragement is that we have no passive king, but we have one who is a servant and a leader, and, and he leads us. Life is tough, and that's what Paul's telling us. That's what he's telling them. Life is tough, but, but living not of the world, yet sent into this world, placing our life in promised hope that, that God would use us to restore, placing our life in the obedience that, that we're drawn into to follow him. It allows us to not only endure, but to receive whatever comes our way. We get to receive the circumstances, good or bad. So, so do you remember this when things are unbearable and when things are horrendous? Hear me. Because of your faithfulness. Do you remember when things are peaceful and joy-filled 
because of the life that God has allowed you to lead. Do you remember that we're in this together, advancing the ministry of reconciliation, proclaiming the good news of Christ, uniting God with man? Do you remember? See, Jesus is, he is the rescue plan. And he died to see God's work through. And what, what we're doing as ambassadors is, is we're like the media telling others of the rescue. We're brought into the battle and we're empowered and gifted by the Spirit no matter what. So we get to receive grace and live it. We get to receive circumstance and, and endure. And working together with God, it opens us to receive His ministry in full. And the third thing that we see is we get to receive one another with open hearts. Uh, I want to read 11, 12, and 13. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children. Widen your hearts also. I I think that's uh, a humble, loving rebuke. Uh, when anybody talks to an adult and they say, I'm talking to you like a child, right? Then just listen to what they have to say. Um, Paul yearns for them to be on the same team. He's saying, what more do I have to do to show you that we're in this together, working with God? Uh, Of... So, so all of this stuff is sequential. It's a sequential argument for them to receive Paul, to receive his team, to receive the ministry of God as a humble servant, and to receive the grace that he's given. So, so understand that we're in this together, is what Paul's saying. And so he says, receive grace from God in full and, and live in light of it. And when you do that, then you're equipped to receive circumstances as servants amidst the ministry of God, and you're able to endure. And when you do that, we receive one another by grace through anything that comes our way with hearts wide open. So so we've established that Paul and his Corinthian brothers and sisters have had a, a turbulent relationship. Um, it's established by faith, in grace, and, it, and it's tested by, by infighting among the church inside, by outside influences tearing Paul down, by attacks against his ministry, by attacks against his integrity, his intentions, his suffering servant God. And so Paul lays it out here. And to do this is a vulnerable thing. I, I want to show you in just a minute what he's doing. He's saying, here I am. Here's what I've done. Here's where we are. Will you accept me with your whole heart as I've accepted you? He's asking them. See, these conversations are really easy if you, didn't, if you never demand a response. It's why, like, relationships are so tough and it's why, like, defining a relationship is such a big deal. 
because it's so easy to just walk through life in, in neutral. And like, well, I don't know. Hey, how are things? Ah, I don't know. Like, if it's a dating relationship, like, we're just hanging out, you know. Okay, that's cool. But, but what you're saying is, you've not laid yourself out there so that they might either accept you or reject you. That's tough. And that's not just dating relationships. That's all kinds of relationships. But, but this is the thing. If you've ever done this, you know, that you know how hard it can be. And if you've never done this, it's probably because you know how hard it can be. If you've never laid yourself bare in front of someone and said, this is who I am, do you accept me or do you reject me? That's tough. What makes it so difficult is, is that there is real risk of, check it out, avoidable pain. <laughs> I can just not do this. We can just keep going undefined. Paul could do that. Paul could say, hey guys, you need to be faithful. I really want you to be faithful because we're in this together. And, you know. But in this moment, with, with this pen, he says, here I am. Do you accept me? And we don't get to see right here if they do or not. We've all seen people who have been hurt and, and who draw back and who recluse. And it's the truth of the gospel. This is what I want us to know that, that frees us to be vulnerable, to be received, to receive, and even to be rejected without being destroyed. I know people, I, I know pastors in my life, older pastors that, that I looked at when I was young, and I thought, gosh, why don't, you just, why don't you just live with the people? Why don't you just, why don't you just be around them and put yourself in, in their life and open your life up to them? And then you see years of maybe paper cuts and maybe a, a few, like, you know, gentle stabs and then you see uh, a, a few just melees and, and large groups of people or families that, that have left the church and then you see like calloused men and calloused women that's, that's not just in pastoral stuff that's in, that's in life I'm not doing that again fool me once but, but no way no way will I make myself vulnerable again and yet we see Paul doing just that. Paul pursues unity. But that pursuit, it, it doesn't demand that they receive him. So at this point, we're not sure how they respond. And we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit, I think, in a, in a few chapters. But, but we see the call for us who are co-laborers with God, with the historic church, with those whom we share this very room with today, and, and we share this city with, and we share neighborhoods with, we get to open our lives and our hearts. We get to invite in, even at the risk of pain, and we get to receive even when it's difficult. And, and sure, there are caveats like, we should not put ourselves in, in harmful or abusive or foolish situations. But, but as a principle, 
we get to receive one another. See, I was, I was never actually going to build a jet engine with my dad at five years old. And I think he knew that, whether I did or not. But over time, like, I, I could have learned to do that. I could have joined him in that. I, I didn't, but I could have. Um, and I know people in this room who have been uh, sons in family businesses, and, and, and the dads go away, and, and now you're the one running the business, right? Like, that's the handoff that we see, right? That, that's, uh, that's bring your son or daughter to work day, and, and that's, man, that's like full circle. that They actually took it, and they did it, and, and now they're the ones doing it. But, but God never retires, And yet he always invites us to join his eternal work. And the best way to see what it looks like for God to work through man and with man is to look at the life of Jesus. See, Jesus is God, and he came to earth as man. And and he didn't have to receive grace, but he delivered grace so that we might receive and he didn't neglect or reject the highs or the lows of this life, but he received the circumstances as a result of the ministry that he came to serve. And those circumstances, they led to his death, not by, like this is important, not by the Father against his will, but in accordance with the Father and with the Son and with the Spirit to give us strength to endure our own circumstances in this life. And Jesus laid himself vulnerable, naked, beaten, broken. And he didn't defend himself when they called him a sinner. Because in that moment, on the cross, he bore our sin. so that we might be forgiven our sins, that we might gain eternal life, that we might be reconciled to the Father, that we might be united with the work of of the Father and the Son and the Spirit to serve as ministers of new life until He comes. So the call for us today is, is just that. Remember that we are working together with God. And when we do that, we get to receive His grace, we get to receive the circumstances that come our way, and we get to receive one another with open hearts. I mean, we get to respond today and we get to pray right where you are. Because of Jesus, you get to talk to God, no matter where you are, no matter when you are. You don't have to be in this building, you don't have to be on your knees, you don't have to be standing up, singing, anytime, anywhere. You can talk. God and so my encouragement is respond by by praying and talking to God about anything that you would like we get to join the ministry as servants of God and we get to connect with this church body we get to serve this church body we get to to give to advance the mission of this church family and we get to remember and declare through communion so we get to take of this bread and the cup as a reminder of the body that was broken 
and the blood that was spilled. And this is for God's family alone. So if you've never trusted Jesus to give you forgiveness of sins and eternal life, this is not for you, but, but we are for you. So please, pray, come and talk to us, join the family, join the mission. Father, we love you, we thank you. Holy Spirit, would you shine bright this word in, in spite of me? Would you let us see that the joy that we get in working alongside you, inviting us to work with you. What a humbling, beautiful thing. And that we don't get to do that because we're going to get it right. We are as, as clumsy as five-year-old me trying to build a jet engine. We don't get to do this because you need us. You're self-sufficient, self-sustaining but we get to join you to bring delight. God, would you empower us for the work? Would you let us receive grace in full and live in light of it? Would you let us receive all of the circumstances that come our way as servants and, and, and ministers of your kingdom? Would you let us receive one another? We love you in Jesus' name.